We're live. Well, sort of. Not really live, but I would like to be live one day. What I mean by that? You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like actually. Yeah, like a live, live. Yeah, like a live, live. Yeah. I would like to do recorded. Yes. I, I I enjoy pre-recording, but I also would like to do because you could take out the spots where you sound like an idiot. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because I sound like an idiot quite often. Mm, same. But like, it'd be more fun because then you could find out like people who actually want to watch and stuff. And if they actually sit there and watch, it's kind of cool that they're watching it in time. Mm-hmm. And then you can get feedback. Like you can look at um, comments and stuff on it. If they oh it. yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it'd be kind of cool to like sit there and ask a question. Get, like, to user somebody. feedback and stuff. Yeah, and you can ask a question and be like, "Hey, like, what do you guys think of you know if we start talking about um, the war in Ukraine or something?" And then, which I don't know why I would bring it up. Yeah, I don't know. like, "Ooh, the war in Ukraine." Yeah, but like if you bring it up, <laughs> someone be like, "I hate that war." Someone's like, "I love that war." Like, they can just decide on their own. Yeah, and then like this, stuff like this, I could take out at the end because right. <laughs> it's like well, I'm talking about <laughs> war here, but it's two other countries, but we're also funding it. So, all right, well, Greg, thank you so much, man. No problem. For happy to be you. here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Perfect, bud. This will be a great time. We're gonna enjoy this. So, all right. Well, yesterday, dude, uh, working on shift, we only did just a couple of runs. It was a slow day. It's a great Sunday. It was a good Sunday, but like it was just super slow because like we barely did anything. There was for a stretch in the afternoon where we didn't do anything for probably like what six, seven hours. Yeah, and I was like, I, I got to fill my time with something here. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we, we were like on our third movie. I'm like, okay, we got we got to do something. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> well, we ended up doing that workout, which was a great workout. It was a good workout. Do we did a uh, like a calisthenic workout? It was just all body movement and function. Yeah. And that ended up being like a really solid exercise to I do. I was feeling it. Dude. I was definitely identified some weak spots in my my groin and hip flexors and stuff. Yeah. Well, it was just all basic. So like what we ended up doing was just basic movements for like li- like standing up straight and then lifting your leg up a hundred times and then kicking your leg like from like using your right leg, taking it across to your left leg and just working that inner thigh and then doing um, like lateral, like rear leg raises and then like abdominal, like from some abdominal stuff. And then we did the tossing the, the ball around back stuff, forth. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that ended up being great. It was just solid working out. And it wasn't like with weights, which was nice mm-hmm. to kind of get away from weights for a little bit. And you, I still worked up a hell of a sweat. Dude, I worked up a great sweat, a great sweat. So, um, so I wanted to chat with you about uh, what are some good ways, if you're getting a new lieutenant, to kind of have, how would you want to have that officer come into shift? Well, I think what we did was excellent. We just kind of sat down and had like a little expectations meeting. Um, and he was like, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I feel it because he was like, mm-hmm. I haven't really been given my expectations talk from the battalion chief yet. So he's like, I can't really give you much more than, than what me as a person would want. I I can respect that. I mean, not much more you can do there, but I liked being able to just have like an open conversation about like you and I were like, this is what we expect out of you. This is kind of how we operate so far. If we need to make changes, let's talk about it. But these are our expectations for you. And then vice versa, he was able to do the same. And I mean, mm-hmm. nothing was 
outlandish or um, over the top as far as what's expected. But I thought it was really nice. I thought it was good open conversation and mm -hmm. something something to build off of from there. Yeah. And well, what sucks is like I haven't had a new officer in a few years. So for me, I've always had captains. Like, yeah, I've always had a uh, a captain as as my boss, except for like the first year and a half of my career. It was with a lieutenant, who was a brand new lieutenant at the time, and then um, <clears throat> I got moved over to another apparatus, and he the guy was a captain, and then coming in from having just captains only to switching to a lieutenant is a little bit different for me because it's like you have the house captain like you have the guy who's yeah. going to keep you, you busy the all the time on your on he's your side. yeah he's he's the person at that house and it's also really nice because then if you have like a battalion chief that's on you about everything you could just tell him like talk to the house captain just take it up with my officer <laughs> take it up with my officer and the guy's got enough time on it. it's just like if you're doing the wrong thing he'll tell you yeah but if you're like if it's someone's pet peeve, which that's another thing that really annoys me, dude, is just like people have pet peeves, and when they're your boss or they're your, like yeah. battalion or something or or your chief, and you have to abide by what their peeve is, but it's not important. It's important, no, not yeah. important at all. <laughs> like I understand it and I'll respect it, but I, but I don't respect it because it's just like. You, you respect like, it, but you'll talk shit about it later, you know? <laughs> yeah, to, first to him, and I'll let him know that I don't agree with it. That yeah. way he has the understanding that it's like, I, I am not cool with this. But, like, there's, like, I always bring it up. I always bring it up. It's shorts. I always bring it up because it's like, that's, a, we're not doctors. We're not scientists. We're not businessmen. Like, mm -hmm. we are firefighters. And when we show up at that person's door and they're having an emergency. Yeah. They don't care what we're wearing. No. I mean, I could be in my Icarumba shirt here, and they're <laughs> yeah, going to be like, thanks, thanks for show showing shirt, up. <laughs> Icarumba. <laughs> I love it, man. I got this for my birthday like five years ago, six years ago. Dude, I still wear, like, we just talked about this yesterday. Like, I still wear clothing from yeah. six, seven years ago. I never go shopping. Like, I got some t-shirts for Christmas a couple years ago, and those are like, the newest things in my <laughs> I know that every year I get socks from my parents. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I get socks. So, um, but back to what we were talking about with the, uh, pet peeves and yeah. shorts and stuff and people not caring. Good. Well, I mean, I, I understand that you got to have a level of professionalism. You want to look mm -hmm. uniform. You want to look the part, right? But the one like during the day, I get it, you know, put put your duty shorts on or pants or whatever. But like, say we get a call in the middle of the night. Last night it was like ninety degrees. I don't want to put bunkers on. I, I grabbed shorts. We didn't have a run last night. I slept great. Um, <laughs> Dude, but I, like I, I grabbed my home. duty shorts yeah. so I could put them over my basketball shorts so I didn't have to wear my bunkers. I was gonna take yeah. one extra step. Granted, it was gonna take six seconds, but I was going to take that one extra step and put my duty shorts on over my basketball shorts so I didn't have to get back into my bunkers because yeah. it's freaking hot. I don't want to get all sweaty and then have to go lay back in bed. It's an inconvenience. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, but it's inconvenience. Another thing <clears throat> that I, I brought this up a few times, and then there's always answers to it. There's like, oh, you just go ahead and buy your EMS pants or something like that. Right. But my biggest inconvenience with it is we can't wear these bunker pants inside of firehouses. Because of carcinogens. Right. 
but yet we're okay with wearing them in every single customer's house, mm-hmm. whether it's clean or not. Like, we're, so you're okay with well, us. I've had officers too. They're like, I'd rather you not wear them inside stores too. Cause yeah. it's going to get on food. It's going to get on. Okay, cool. But we're going to put them for one. We're going to put them in the fire truck that, and that's the reason why I like can floor. I think it's Miami Dade that does this. I think that they put all their stuff in compartments in the back and they get dressed, get on, dressed scene. on scene. They get dressed on scene because of the carcinogens that are inside the cab. That makes me nervous. It makes me, it, I understand the, I understand the well, health I aspect it. of why, yeah, I get but it. do I agree with it? Mm. I don't know. I've heard I've heard some people say like they don't get fully dressed until they get on scene because that forces them to slow down and look at the the scene and look at the house and the fire. Yeah. So while they're putting the rest of their stuff on and they're like, okay, cool. Now I know what I'm doing versus being fully dressed and then getting out. Booking through a front yard. Booking through a front yard. And I'll give you the example of why I think that's kind of a good idea. My very first fire as the ride out officer. I was already fully dressed, ready to go, except for the mask. And, you know, I was in the truck still, but I was ready to go with everything else. And I looked right at the house. I get out. I open my door up. I'm walking away. And I'm like, we don't have a hydrant. I walked right past the hydrant because I was so focused on the house. And that's just on me that I should have taken a, a, you know, we were also going out of district. We didn't have, they didn't have updated map books for anything on that, um, the house or that whole neighborhood. Are in that area, to be honest. So, like, so I your first tell. vision of the neighborhood was actually when you pulled yeah, in. Yeah, is right when I pulled in. So, like, you there was no map book other than Google Maps. Right, that was it because nothing else was updated on it. So it's like I missed the hydrant because I was already I was dressed, ready to go, and as we're pulling up, I'm staring at the house. What should I have done? You know, differently. Uh, look around. You know, I kind of also count on my engineer to find a fucking hydrant too but um you know he was looking at the house too i guess or looking at the street where whoever was on the street some probably dude was laying out there but (laughs) that's the thing is like i understand about that part but yeah if we're not if we're not allowed to wear them inside the firehouse and there's people's preferences because of carcinogens inside of stores why are we wearing them in people's houses like there's no reason we should be wearing them on fires we should be wearing them on um all those types of scenes that require ppe Mm -hmm. and I don't see the difference between EMS shorts and basketball shorts. Right. That's another thing for me. It's like annoying that there's people out there that are, you can wear EMS shorts on runs, but you can't wear basketball shorts. Right. Because they don't, you know, they don't look good. I get it. And I've had this talk with this person already. And he and I are good with it. I just, I just want to know if anyone else has that problem or if anybody else has that same issue. Like what are your guys' issues? And, I, I, I do want to hear what your issues are too. If you're listening to this and you work at a fire department, because like, I think if we talk about this stuff, because what happens most of the time is that it gets so personal to people and they would never want to talk about it because they think it'll retaliate back onto them. But like, yeah. I, f- I feel like if we discuss these stupid issues, we can actually move past it because like, what was, what's the dream of every guy or girl that want to be a firefighter? Like you want to be there to help people doing gangster shit, doing gangster shit with my friends, <laughs> doing hood shit with my friends. But like we end up making it worse on ourselves because we worry more about the minute, small little policies that only we care about mm-hmm. that no one else cares about. Well, and then the, the picking and choosing of what policy you want to care about. hundred percent. Yeah. What's an example of one you got? Uh, how about our fitness policy? 
you know, you must it's in it's in the uh, SOG page on the on the city internet. Oh, it's OG, not SOG. Sorry, I got corrected on that one, which I was like, what? Because when I was in class, when I was in class, I always heard it was SOGs and SOPs. Yeah, and then turns out it. Ours are like OPs and OGs. Okay. That was what Chris, Chris was telling me. He's like, it's OGs and OPs. I'm like, what? So I went and looked at it. I'm like, going back to the, going back to the pet peeve conversation. (laughs) Pet peeve conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so on the, it's on the OGs page. Yeah. Original gangsters. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's slots that are dedicated to where we're not supposed to have any trainings, any meetings, things like that. But if you, if that's the one hour you have free, that's the hour you have free. It says we're supposed to work out, do some sort of physical activity for an hour each shift. And I would say the majority don't. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too, for me is. But, but we're going to write up an officer for working out in orange shoes because that's against policy. <laughs> got to have black shoes, you know. It's got to be black shoes. He was working out. With white socks. He was working out, you know, in, in you know, the policy that says, you know, you got to work out. But was going against another policy because he had his orange shoes on. So <laughs> you are right. There's just some things that are just so. When you stand back and look at it from a common sense standpoint, and you look at that, and you're like, "We're so worried," or most people were so worried about the dumbest things that you're over. You're looking at the the small finite things when there's such a larger picture at hand Mm -hmm. that we're completely missing. And what is that larger picture? I would say your number one thing for a department should be your morale at your department. Mm -hmm. Care for you first. Care, care for your, care for your guys. And if you care for your guys, like I'll use this example that I just talked about the other day. If uh, we had a battalion, we had a ride out battalion because he wasn't good enough to be battalion. No. Right. <laughs> no. uh, we had a ride out battalion that I really felt like took care of us. Yeah. And I felt like he would kind of bend over backwards for his guys. So what did that teach me? Well, I want to do more for him. Mm-hmm. If I knew something would make his day easier, I would try my best to do it. But if you get somebody who's going to sit there and be like, you need to do this and this and this and this, I ain't doing this for you. It's like, well, I ain't doing anything for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll make sure I go out of my way to not do something. Because it's like, you're not, you're not going to. I'll get what I have to get done throughout the day, but correct. I'm not going to go out of my way to make things easier for you. Correct. So it's like, you want to build that relationship up with everybody. And I'm not saying that's happening now. No. But it's that's that's how that can come across as. And I've had that happen before with other uh, officers and battalions and even other firemen. Like, another thing, too, is like, when you're asking guys for trades and shit. Like that's one thing I hate doing because it's like you're at the whim and will at the at them responding back to you. Like I asked for a few guys for trades and they're like, oh, I'll get back to you. And they never. Well, it's got almost back. like a burden every time you ask for every a trade. Time. It's like, but like you get you need that time at oh, some yeah. point. Like I'll pay you back whenever. Yeah, I just need twenty four hours, and it's like, yeah, well, let me think. And then two three months later, they're using PTO, which is fine. You know, use your PTO if you got it, but. Like I like to save my PTO so I can roll over as much as I can, yeah, or keep it for the end of the year when people start getting sick and mm-hmm. I'm able to help out. So I don't know. I do. I, it's like a awkward conversation asking for trades because it's a, like I said, it's like a burden mm-hmm. when you're asking them. Well, I just went on this trip and I had to use all my PTO. Yeah, 
for it. When I say all my PTO, I used all PTO hours for it because like I, I asked five or six guys for trades. Um, two of them got back to me and said no, but the other ones were just never responded or never gave me an answer or nothing. Yeah. So it was like, I just need to get this off. I ended up, well, I went to, well, I already told you, but I went to Miami mm-hmm. and then Clearwater, Dunedin, and then Nashville, Tennessee. And dude, that was a blast. Yeah. Like, I had so much fun. Sounds like, like it. It was good. Miami was cool. Um, What'd you do in Miami, Matt? Oh, oh, dude. I went to a bare knuckle fight. It was awesome, man. A regulated bare knuckle fight. Re- re- yeah, re- totally <laughs> regulated. No roosters or, co- uh, or uh, <laughs> cock fighting. Yeah. <laughs> no roosters, no chickens were in this one. Um, no, I went to a bare knuckle fighting uh, championship uh, fight, and that was awesome. Yeah. It was it was. Dude, I think everyone needs to go to that. because so it was like bare-knuckle boxing? It's bare-knuckle boxing. Like no MMA, no M- don't take them to the ground, nope. kicking? Nope. Yeah. None nice. of that. It was cool. Dude, this dude, This it was the second fight of the night. This dude <clears throat> got his nose split open, mm-hmm. like right here. And the guy- You showed just, me that one dude uh, from Cuba, and his face is all scarred up, dude. Oh, yeah. Like you could tell he's- Take take a few punches to the cheeks. Dude, he's <laughs> he's good too. He's Is really he? good. Yeah, it was cool because like it looked like from the at the beginning of the fight, it looked like he grabbed the other fighter and prayed with him before the fight happened. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. That is cool. And then I, it was either at the beginning of the fight or the end of the fight. I can't remember, but they like both kneeled down and he was like praying. But there's the second fight of the night. This dude got his face. He's from Ukraine split his nose open and it was just pouring blood was just pouring mm-hmm. off of his face anytime he'd get punched in the face you'd see a mist of blood yeah. in the air and it was just <laughs> like yes like it was so cool just to see that um the ring they, girls bro yeah they said at the beginning of the of the the fights that they have the most beautiful ring girls in all of sports i agree yeah holy <laughs> crap they, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to know a hundred percent, just type in BKFC on Instagram and you'll see their fight ring, their ring girls, BKFC. Mm. Do they walk around each round, obviously holding up the cards and all that stuff. And they give, they give a little wave and yeah. it's just like, Oh, she's waved at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hi. <laughs> I'd sit there. I had a smile on my face the entire time. Like I had so much fun, man. We had good seats too. Didn't you? I had great seats. Uh, I got, so, uh, Chris, I've had Chris on the podcast before, Chris Lytle, and uh, he's the commentator for it. So I hit him up and asked him if I can go to a fight or what would be a good fight to go to. And um, so he told me the one in Miami. So that's the reason why I planned the Miami trip just around. I planned the whole Miami trip around that fight. And um, <laughs> he hooked me up with some awesome seats. I had ringside seats. And, um, dude, like Mike Tyson's son was sitting there, uh, Eddie Alvarez, Jorge Masvidal, uh, a few other, the BKFC fighters were sitting there. They were cool. Like they were That's fun awesome. to talk to. Um, there was a, so I was getting out of my, my, I rented a car when I was down there and I was getting out in the parking lot and these people pulled up next to me in like these Mercedes trucks or Mercedes SUVs mm-hmm. and they were getting out and the first guy starts talking and he sounded like he's speaking like Russian. Well, come to find out they're from Ukraine, but one of the girls got out and she was like fixing her shoe or whatever. And it was like those very, you know, those, uh, those, like those women you can buy, like the mail order brides. 
Yeah. Like they're stunning. Like they're mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. It's what she looked like. Like yeah. I'd never have seen someone like that before. And I was like, holy crap. So then she hotter than the ring girls. Dude, there was a couple in the, in the audience that were, <laughs> I don't know whether to be looking up here or looking out in the, the stands. Like this is, <laughs> which is the better show, which is the better show. Dude, there's this guy sitting in front of me. I don't know. I don't know the relationship he had with these two girls, but they were obviously like early twenties. Yeah. And he was in his fifties. And one of them was, um, enhanced in multiple areas of her body. And the other one was just, you know, there, but he had both of them sitting right next to him. I'm like, this dude is dating both of these young chicks. There's no way that he's not. And like, he spent his time like grabbing drinks for him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, they could have been his daughters. I have no idea, but right. it, it did not look like that. Um, but the way people dress down there is completely different. Yeah. Like, um, it was very different for me to see like everyone wearing a thong bikini. Very different for me. Um, and like I was telling you, like, I think that when you, I think that when you have a baby down there, that the same hospital that gives them the birth certificate also gives them like a discount for a BBL later <laughs> on in their life because every person down there, every girl down there had like a BBL. Yeah. And if you know what a BBL is, it's a Brazilian butt lift where they just, I don't know if it's an injection. I don't know I don't if it's know. implants. I don't know what it is. I guess I could look it up while we're Some talking kinda. Some kind of uh, it is cosmetic surgery to yeah BBL lift a booty. It's a surgery where doctors transfer fat from your belly, hips, lower back, and thighs to your butt. Oh, and it was like every girl down there had one. I went to the Dollar General, and the girl working at the Dollar General had it. Hell yeah! And I was like, it's gotta be. It's not in the water for sure, <laughs> but it's gotta be like a discount that they get because it was everywhere you went. But I mean, Miami was cool, but nobody there was nice. Um, there was no one there that, that, yeah, nobody there wanted to talk. They did not care. Uh, the beach was cool. I went to, I went to mid beach, um, Miami, I went to Miami mid beach and then I went to South beach. I ate at this place called Bella Cubana, got some, uh, some good food there. And then, uh, drove around a bunch, um, found a little sand dune area and took the, I rented a Jeep gladiator and took the Jeep gladiator out into it and just like floored it. Yeah. Some fun. Put it in sand mode. Did you? Yeah. I mean, That's the cool. sand wasn't deep, but it was like, at least there was something I could spin up. Right. Uh, and then when I drove to Clearwater, it was about a four and a half hour drive. And that was, oh, but, yeah. But in Miami, it was cool. But I didn't know the Jewish community was as much there. Like there was a ton of really? Jewish people. Like there was a Jewish, um, like it seemed like it was like a whole Jewish corner could in, be. In, in Miami. Like it was all. Jewish schools, Jewish businesses. Well, I mean, that's how a lot of large cities like Chicago and New York and I'm, I'm assuming L.A. I've never been there, but, um, you know, you have like like the different ethnicities have like their own like blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, like Chinatown and Little Italy and things like that. Um, so I would imagine, I mean, Miami is a pretty big city. I would imagine they have yeah. something pretty similar to that. It had to have been, but it was cool because like, Seeing the the Jewish people around wearing the, I think they're called yarmulkes. Yeah, the things on their hands, mm. the yarmulkes with their hair curled right here. That was that was kind of cool to see. Um, just different cultures was cool to see, man. Like a lot of Cubans, yeah, down there obviously, and the Cuban food's really good. Oh yeah, um, I love Cuban food. I met some people from Canada 
down in Miami. They're mm-hmm. from everyone I met from Canada when I was down in Florida or Tennessee were from Toronto. And then I, then I realized that all of Canada is huge, right? right? It's really big, but 90% of people that live in Canada all live in a, like a similar fault line in South. Yeah. And it's like all, like all like on the South side of Canada, the very South side of Canada because the rest is unlivable. So, or there's just no reason to live Forests out there. And yeah. Snow and shit like that. It's like, it's just pointless to live up there. Yeah. But, um, it was cool to meet those guys from Canada, meet some people from Canada. And then when I went to my, uh, Dunedin, I was there for like a day and a half. And I was there for my friend Tasha moved down there. So that was right when she moved down. I was going to go down and help uh, her move some stuff in. And then they got a lot of the stuff moved in. And then it was just all small things. So we ended up kind of, we went to Honeymoon Island all together. And that's when my feet got all cut up yeah. out in the coral. <laughs> Dude, that coral was, that coral was nasty. Coral! Like, that coral was nasty. And then, um, like, my everybody you watched, like, out in the water. Yeah. They were trying to like go further out into the ocean, but like they had to walk, walk all on the coral, on the rock and coral, and like people <laughs> were falling down and like they were like tripping over it. Like my feet were cut up, like yeah, they were bleeding. it's sharp. It's amazing Dude, how sharp it is. It was unbelievable. And then um, we saw I saw a dolphin really up close, and that was the story I was telling you yesterday. Yeah. So I'm standing out in the water. It's about between mid thigh and waist deep. And I see a fin come up and it's about 30 yards out. I see a fin come up and I'm like, Oh, it, I'm not from around the area. So like, I've only not seen, used to much Marine life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> used to seeing that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, is that a dolphin? I hope it's a dolphin. I'm looking around. No one else is freaking out. And I hear someone say, Oh, a dolphin. I'm like, okay, cool. Like they're, it, they think it's a dolphin. I see the fin come back up again, and it's wild to see a fin yeah. out in the ocean. It's out in the water, like in the in its habitat, like an actual animal, a big one. So it comes up, and it's doing its thing, and then it starts spinning around. And I'm like, these people are tourists. I'm a tourist. What if it's not a dolphin? <laughs> and then it starts swimming around real fast, and those things are fast. And he swims directly towards me. I had a feeling... In the, in the pit of my stomach, I'm like, what if this is a shark and I'm about to get fucking eaten? And I'm stupid <laughs> enough just to stand here and be like, look oh, at the dolphin. dolphin. <laughs> like, so, like, dude, I ended up just, like, kind of just freezing for a second. I was like, is it a dolphin? Is it a shark? I have no clue. Well, he, he's swimming super fast towards me and then immediately stops 10 feet from me, does a 360, and then darts off to another direction. And when he darted off, dude, it was, it was so fast. I was very impressed. And then I'm like, okay, that is a dolphin. Yeah. So... Uh, one of Tasha's friends was down there and she was like trying to swim after the dolphin to try to like touch him. Yeah. And he got like a foot from her, like was swimming around and got like oh, a wow. foot and it was cool. It was really cool to see. And then, uh, Nashville, I went, I, so I was down when I was down in Dunedin, that tornado, uh, tornado, that hurricane was coming. water tornado is a water tornado, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is a real thing. So it's not a water tornado. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, I got kicked out of my hotel because of the hurricane coming. So I just decided just to go back home and I got really lucky with a flight, went back home and then decided to go to Nashville. So I drove down to Nashville and that was a blast. I've never been to Nashville, Tennessee before. I like Nashville a lot, dude. It was awesome. I had 
so much fun and doing solo trips is cool because it kind of you can you can choose you can choose how however long you want to stay somewhere and you don't have to convince like yeah. if you take your wife you don't have to convince your wife to go do anything right which is nice because when i was when i was married i had to convince her to go do stuff i'm like hey let's go do this let's go do this and if i'm tired of being there and she's not i'm like you want to get out of here? Like, no, nah, I want to enjoy this. All right. And you just sit there and you're not enjoying anything. Right. But being on like a solo trip, if I got tired of the beach, I just packed my stuff up and walked away. It was, it was so nice. Yeah. And then, um, but when I was in Nashville, dude, people were amazed that I was traveling by myself. Really? They were amazed. Dude. Yeah. Did I not tell you about this? Mm-mm. So like people were like, people would ask me like, well, who are you with? And I'm like, by myself. And they're like, you're by yourself. Like you travel, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the United States. I could travel by myself. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm gonna get. I'm an adult. I'm, yeah, I could do these things now. <laughs> I'm an adult in the United States. I'm not really I'm that not a little kid with a twenty dollar bill pinned to my collar anymore, <laughs> with a little note that says, "Return to Aunt Tammy." <laughs> <laughs> Return to Aunt Tammy. <laughs> but yeah, like it was like I encourage anybody who's obviously single, like I encourage you to go out and go tour, like. Be a tourist, even in your own city, be a tourist, like go walk around and start talking to people because that's what I end up doing. I just sort of walk around. Like I've met some friends, from, I met some people from uh, Toronto, uh, Canada. I'm walking out of my hotel and I, there's these two guys that were on a business trip. They work for a trailer company and they supply parts for trailers. So they were there for a convention. So they were, they were leaving the next day. And I was walking out of my hotel and I was, they, I just started asking them questions. Like, where's some good places to go eat? And they're like, why don't you just end up like, we chat up for a little bit. And then he's like, why don't you just come like hang out with us and we'll go grab dinner and then we'll go out and show you a couple of the bars to go to. So I ended up hanging out with them. Dude, I had a blast nice. hanging out with them. Like it was so much fun, <clears throat> but, um, the bars were cool and a lot of bachelorette parties. Yeah. A lot of bachelorette. Parties. I think it's, I think it was like coin, like the bachelorette party capital or whatever dude it's gotta be because it was just everywhere the cool place i mean the cool thing about the place is like it's nashville so like majority of people are there to try and like make it big they're trying to get their record labels and um start their music careers so like i mean i've only been there three times so it's not like i'm a avid uh nashville person but Mm -hmm. uh every time i've been it's like there's not a bad band there's not a bad bar because every band is just killing it. And then they, like what you were talking about, how they, like, they were all like walking on the tables and walking yes. along the bar. Like they all just act like rock stars. And it's yeah. so much fun. Like what an, what an environment to be in. And it's not just like tried and true where they're just playing on their stage or whatever. Like they're owning that crowd. Yes. And they're performing. It, yeah, it makes it fun. Dude, even if like, so one of the guys that was there, he was singing at Tootsie's. Mm-hmm. And he... He said that he's never sang the song that he did because someone requested it. And you could pay to request songs. Like okay. depending on what song it is. Like it's like it's twenty bucks and you can refer a song. But if it's like a harder song, they'll say it's a hundred dollar song. It's just a way for them to get more money. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it is. And they were saying they only get paid tips. Which was kind really? of it kind of blew my mind that I'm like, so the business doesn't split profits. Because if the band is really good, people are going to want to stay. Right. And they're going to want to keep drinking. Yep. So they're going to keep ordering drinks. 
And drinks there are not cheap. They're like $15 for one drink. Mm -hmm. So I would have thought that they would have had some deal worked out where they're like, hey, we will get, you know, 5% of profits for the four hours that we play. And I don't think, it doesn't seem like it works out that way. They just make tips only. So they come, they have this big five-gallon bucket. Like every band had a five-gallon yeah. bucket walking around with like, put some money in it. Like, yeah. And I, I felt like obliged. I'm like, I did enjoy it. So I'll throw some money in it. And that's, well, that's, that's gotta be a hard gig. Like in the, you know, the, the time we're in, where like money is digital mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty rare that people. Well, they had Venmo cash. too. Oh, okay. And they had it. Yeah, and they had it like t- their, their card. Yeah, maybe. Their, yeah, Delilah popped up there. Oh, thanks for hitting the... Lila, you're hitting the camera. Get your tail out of here. <laughs> that dog's awesome, man. No, I need to get like a Delilah cam or something. Just have it on her while we're just sitting here talking. <laughs> have it like on her head, facing yeah. facing out so like you see what she sees. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen what people have been doing with like... Uh, they'll put a little GoPro camera on a toy and then have their dog yeah, carry the toy off. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> But they'll have like a little v, like a little code that you can um, uh, scan it with your phone. Lila, come here, baby. Come on. Oh, she's like, no, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but you can get like a little VR code that you can scan it. But there was some play, there were some bands that played, dude, that were incredible. One girl was walking all over the like the bar tops and tabletops. Mm-hmm. Dude, she was doing awesome. She's trying to climb all the way up there. Just give her a shove if you don't want her up there. She's all right. But it was so much fun, dude. And the dude that played that one song, it was a um, Guns N' Roses song. And that had the entire place rocking. Yeah. Like, I had so much fun, dude. Had so much fun. And then... I like the... Like, majority of the bars are, like, multi-level, too. Yeah. If it's not the same bar on the second floor, that's another bar up on the second... Yeah. That's cool. Like you don't have to go far to get to a different place to see a different band. Yeah, you literally just walk upstairs to the next one. And then (laughs) me and for my bachelor party, me and one of my buddies, we like snuck away from the crowd because they were getting super drunk and annoying. And I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, let's find a different bar. So we go into one. We were like, dude, this band's great. And he was like, I'll get you a beer. What do you want? Blah blah. blah. And we go to tab out, and she was like, oh, it's a twenty dollar minimum, and it was like two dollar beer night. And we're like, oh. That's a lot. We have a lot to go through. <laughs> so we ended up just buying like for the, like the table next to us. We like bought all their next beers and we were like, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I had, like people were buying me drinks when they found out I was by myself. Yeah. And that was, that was fun. Cause they're at like, I'd sit there next to somebody. I'm like, where are you from? And they're like, Idaho. And I'm like, cool man what's out there and they they asked me where i'm from they're like cool man what's in indiana right a lot of cool stuff but they'd they'd want you to hang out with them for a bit because everyone's there to have a good time right and dude it was it was cool um because obviously like it you know you be like being a man like you're never women never say anything to you like women don't normally approach right so what was nice about nashville is that women would approach and that was cool because it's like they're there to have a good time. They're just wanting to probably talk to somebody real quick, maybe flirt a little bit and then get out. Right. So like one lady came up to me. I was wearing this. Ha- so the night before I was walking over to get a hot dog in Nashville and I ordered this hot dog because I was feeling pretty good. So I was like, I need to get, a- I need to get some food in me. And there's mm-hmm. like, it was like one in the morning. So like all the food was closed or the, the kitchens were closed. So I found this hot dog stand and the guy jipped me out of like the hot dog was eight bucks. 
Like it's an expensive hot dog. Damn. So I gave him a twenty, and he gave me two dollars back. And I was like, uh, I gave you a twenty. He goes, No, you gave me ten. You gave me ten. And he was like from. Uh... Yeah, he was trying to screw you, man. Oh, dude, he did. And I was like, No, I he, I can't remember like Afghanistan or something like that. Yeah. And he was screwing me over. And I'm like, dude, I know what I gave you. I have all $20 bills. I don't have any $10 bills. I gave you a $20 bill. Give me 12 bucks back. And he's like, no, you give me a 10. And he's showing me a 10. And I'm like, dude, come on. And it's your I, 10. <laughs> it's, that was, yeah, that was someone else's 10. So I ended up standing there and I just took a water. And I'm like, I'm taking this water too. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, okay, I got you. Like, I yeah. know you wouldn't have been cool with that. Yep. So I took a water with me and I'm walking back. And as I'm walking back, people are like, where's the food at? And I'm like, if you go to that guy, make sure you show him the bill you're going to give him. And then be like, this is what I want back. And then you hand it to him and hopefully he won't screw you. Well, this girl uh, like looked at me and she's like, it was cool because I've never had this experience before. And she's like, I want your number. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> then I realized, oh, she's drunk. So like, she's just, <laughs> she's she doesn't mean it. So like, yeah, obviously I gave her my number because it's like, that's the first time this girl's ever asked for my number in person. Like yeah. never had that happen before. So I was like, yeah, sure thing. And then like, obviously like nothing ever came of it, but it was just still cool to like have that happen. And then I was the other, her friend put this pink cowgirl hat on my head and it lit up and then they, their Uber arrived and then they just left. So I kept the hat. <laughs> so I'm walking around with this pink cowgirl hat on with the lights up. So like people were coming up to me, like telling me how much they love the hat. Like girls were trying to ask like, where'd you find that hat at? I'm like, some girl put it on my head. And they're like, of course. Like well, it's fun. <laughs> and then, um, so I was wearing the hat the next night and uh, this lady comes up to me and she's like, she just automatically just starts touching the hat, like to start like messing with the strings on it. And she's like, you got a nice jawline. It's like touching my face. And I was like, this, I, this has never happened to me before. And it was yeah. so interesting. Like I couldn't imagine. So you being, got that liquid courage flowing. You're willing yeah. to do just about anything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, you know what? This is nice. Like I, I enjoy this. Cause like now for one, the stress is not on me trying to go up to approach. Right. And I've always hated that. I've always hated going up and having to approach. Cause it's like most of the time, almost all the time. It's like, I know that I interested. It's, but if you're good looking enough, they won't care. Like there's this dude on, have you, there's, have you seen this dude on TikTok that goes up to women and just asks for their number? Mm-hmm. Like he just goes up and hits on them. And almost every single time I've from every video I've seen every single time he gets the girl's number, Mm-mm. dude, the dude's name is like something Shapiro. It's not Ben Shapiro because there ain't no way that he's for one, he's married, but two, I'll find it. This dude, I started following him recently here on TikTok, but he never misses. Like he never misses. That he shows. I mean, that's true. His name's Steven Shapiro. He's on TikTok. And dude, there's this one girl that he met. Her name's Olivia. And everyone fell in love with her. Like, on TikTok. So every other video he's posted, everyone in the comments is like, where's Olivia? We want Olivia. <laughs> and dude, she was so into him. Like I'll even show, I'll show the, I'll show it real quick because, Oh dude, Jeremy Sanders just texted me. That's cool. So, I'm like super lost. so this is a, uh, Oh dang! Little stranger kiss. 
so like so everybody in the comments now is we like Olivia. we want olivia bring her back where is she because it's like that dude just goes up to every like you know any girl he's you know that's attractive and just like hits on her real quick gets her number then walks away yeah. so like having that type of confidence for one but also it helps if you're, you're really attractive like that dude is a good looking dude he's like six foot four oh hood on well, yeah, too. But but she one girl was like, I like your mustache. I'm, I didn't grow this because of that. But it's like I grew this because I already had facial hair growing. So I shaved it. I was like, I wonder if I can rock a mustache with a little goatee with it. But um, but yeah, so stuff like that. Oh, can you even see it? Here, I'll get a little bit closer. Oh, yeah, baby. Coming in thick. It's real thick. What sucks having blonde hair <laughs> is that you can't see my facial hair. But, like, it grows in red everywhere else. Black here, black here, and then red everywhere. Like, my neck, my beard part, my chin. That's what's funny about blondes. They get Dude, red beards. It's stupid. Like, I don't get it. I I don't know. I, I wish that... I wish that I could grow in like a darker hair because there's the, there's some, there's some people I've seen like there's guys out there that have the real like you have real dark hair. So like I'll pan it over yeah, to you. So like, you got real dark hair. So like when you grow facial hair, it looks cool. Yeah. Because it's, there's when such you can a see it automatically when you can see it. Yeah. But like for me, it doesn't look cool. So it's just like, like you could get away with stubble and people would be like, Oh, he's clean shaven. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's blonde. It's blonde. Like even my arm hair is white. Yeah. So like when I grow out my hair, it's not like it's any it's not a, a desired color that right. people want. It's not like I want a guy with white hair. Like, <laughs> I want him looking like Casper. Like no one wants that. Like an albi- like no one wants my albino colored hair. So like and nothing against albinos. I've never met one in person. Dude, I saw midgets when I was in Nashville. I've never seen one in person. What? Never seen one in person up close. You're always lying. From, I swear. How have you never seen a midget? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. I've never seen a midget up close. Like, I've always wanted to meet one because I think they're the... <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> What's wrong with that? Like, dude, I think they're the coolest. Like, I don't know. I just love... I love... I love people that are not normal to what everybody else is. Like, yeah. super tall people, I'm super interested in them because it's like, you're tall. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's tall. Like, what's it like? Like, I know I'm going to ask the dumbest questions. Yeah. Like, what, what's it like, man, being that tall? Man, it sucks buying clothes, dude. Yeah. Like, this dude was six foot ten. He was the guy that I said. The bouncer should, dude. The bouncer. Yeah. At, um, uh, at Coyote Ugly. And I'm walking up. And the dude was a real big. He was, he was larger. He was, you know, he's overweight. But he was a larger dude. And I was like, I was going up to him. I was messing with him or saying something to him. Like, kind of just like. Pretend like I'm a fight him or something like that. Yeah. Just being stupid because it's like he's a big dude and like I'm kind of an idiot. So like I'm just like, what's <laughs> up, man? What are you doing? And he's like, oh, you ain't gonna cause no problems, Hollywood boy. And I'm like, he stands up and he stands up and he's going up and up. And I'm like, oh my god! Like the dude was six foot ten and he was super cool. So I like wrapped him up and I'm like shaking him around. He's fucking shaking me and I was like, and that's cool because it's like those are fun experiences. Yeah. Like just being able to like. You cut know, loose and cut loose and have bit. some fun and and people other people are cool with it too and. Uh, but yeah, so I saw these two, these two guys that were, I don't, I feel like calling them little people's rude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's What's rude. the pro- proper vernacular. I really don't know. Midget. I, but I never met one to ask. Little like, person. I want to ask like, Hey, what would you prefer? Like, would you want, do you want to be called little person? Or do you want to be called a midget? Like, I feel like little person sounds like child. Yeah. So it's like, Oh no, it's a little person. Well, that's a child. 
So like, yeah, maybe I don't know. Midget. I don't want to call him dwarf because that sounds bad. Like that's. Well, I think really that's bad. actually a classification. I think it is a classification, but like I don't want to call him that because it's like that There's sounds like rude. Dwarfism and. It is dwarfism, but I'm not going to be like, hey, what's up, dwarf? Like, that's rude. You know? I mean, yeah, in that context. Yeah. <laughs> but, like. <laughs> you don't go up to a black guy and be like, what's up, black? <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> so, I guess that's true. Like, I'd have to find out his name. But, like, I feel like it would be so rude to be like, no, he's a dwarf. Like, because it's like, that's a fairy tale creature. Like, that's right. what that sounds like. Yeah, true. Because, like, every time I watch, like, anything in Lord of the Rings or, like, you know. Yeah. You have, like, he's a dwarf. And then elves. Like, I'm not going to go up to, like, a really white guy. Like, what's up, elf? Like, what up, elf? <laughs> <laughs> so but these two guys were walking and i'm like oh i want to meet them because they just looked cool like for one they were really well dressed and i was like that's mm-hmm. cool uh because like people whenever anybody dresses really well like i think it's like well for one like you, you're wearing a suit or you're wearing like a really nice shirt and really nice pants it's like dude i want to talk to that guy because he's like he looks cool i don't dress cool like i wear obviously i'm wearing i'd flex I'd flex, but I'd rip this shirt or I like this shirt. That's kind of dumb. But like, um, they were walking. But then as I walked out one bar, there was this girl that was a midget. Bro. She's hot, bro. <laughs> wow. Like, so I come walking out. I remember I looked and I was like, oh, like my Lord. And I wanted to go say hi to her. Just be like. How's it going? Like, and then just walk away. But I didn't do anything at all. I just kept walking. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I know I'll sound stupid because I, whatever, like I go up to somebody and there's obviously something like there's a guy uh, I met with, he had one hand, his left. I wanted to go shake his hand while I'm like the, the inner monologue of Matt (laughs) knows that. This guy doesn't have a right hand. Do not put your hand out and say, oh, like that. So, like, what did I do? I did exactly that. Like, I put my hand out. I was like, ooh. And he's like, I get it all the time, man. I was like, okay, thank God. Like, do I, what, do I shake the nub or something? Like, I've always wanted to. shake the nub? So, like, ever since then, I'm like, oh, dude, how funny would it be if I go up to somebody that doesn't have a hand and I grab their nub like it's a stick shift and I just go, like that. A like, right I, person, you would get a yeah. laugh. <laughs> My luck, the dude would, you know, give me a left-handed punch right to the face. Right to the face. So, like, but Nashville was t- a get ton down. of fun, dude. Got to see a lot of cool places. Like, there's a lot of cool people down there. Everyone there was one. Of, dude, she's shedding right now. I got to get her sent to a, uh, I, I tried, dude, I tried calling. He's sending you away. No, I would never. Dude, she's so sweet. Um, no. Lila. You said Watch the cameras. <laughs> there's an there's a earthquake. But like I was, um, when I was down there, uh, dude, that's my favorite. When she shakes and her cheeks all smack. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, so before I left, I was like, I want to get her groomed. So I figured I could call a place real quick and be like, hey, can I bring her in and get her groomed? Oh, we don't have any openings until like end of September. That's like everything is it's like how do you not have openings yeah that was what kind of blew my mind it's like there's there's not like an opening half the day i mean even even tomorrow like nothing we don't have anything i'm like so but i want to take her groom and give her like a spa day i want her i want someone to paint her nails and stuff like that yeah i think it'd be kind of funny like yeah she's a dog for one she doesn't get her nails painted but like i mean it's kind of full-on pamper day yeah like oh she just sits there and lays there and they just like pamper like they trim they massage her and stuff like that i think that'd be kind of fun but I'm sure yeah, she'd love it. The midgets was cool to see. Um, but yeah, dude, it was a blast down there. I end up, I do want to end up going back down again. 
I tell you what, the Drury Inn Hotel is like the place to stay. Nice place. Huh? It's 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 really nice. It's a few years old, and uh, the best part about it was the parking was cheaper than everywhere else. It's like thirty five dollars a day for parking. You had to pay to park at the hotel. Yeah, that's yeah. so dumb, and dude. It's dumb, dude. You got to pay for everything down there. Everything, nothing's free. I wish it was free. No, I'm kidding. But like they they capitalize on well, every opportunity. A, I think Tennessee's a no income tax. It's no state, income tax, so they're making it up elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, they definitely make it up elsewhere. <clears throat> but the nice part about the Drury Inn, obviously, there's free breakfast, but there's also free dinner. It's really? kind of like yeah, it's like, it is like you can use it as a dinner. So it's like from five thirty to seven or seven thirty. Um, you That's can get cool. free dinner, and also you get three free drinks, alcoholic drinks. No kidding. Yeah. So like you have this little card that you walk up with, and that's nice. They they mark on the card, and they give you three drinks. So like you can go pregame mm-hmm. there, and then head out. So you're already three. <coughs> God bless. You're already three drinks in before you even leave the hotel, right. and it's part of the cost for the your stay there and it was actually a decently priced stay yeah so i'll end up going back there again and their pool was nice too they had like an indoor outdoor pool oh that was cool and they had a hot tub there and everybody that was there was wanting to like hang out and party and talk to you yeah Um, they had a little gym that was actually a decent gym just the weights went up to 45 pounds which was kind of a joke yeah um it's a hotel gym it's a hotel gym, dude there needs to be a hotel gym that has like legit equipment yeah but how many people are going on their trips and being like, I got to hit me a hard workout? I mean, there are people that do it, but if there's 500 rooms in this hotel, 16 people are going to be doing it. That is pretty true. That is accurate. That is pretty accurate. I, I just think that it would be, I just think it'd be more beneficial for me, for one, to be able to go to a gym that has, or a hotel that has like a really good gym. Cause you can get a good lift. In. Dude, you got the thing through Anthem. You should have hit up whatever was available. Dude, I, by the way, if you have Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, contact them or at least log in on online. And dude, you can end up paying $25 a month. And you get gym memberships from all over. 28. 28. Oh, it's 28 bucks a month. I'm the one that got it. I don't even forgot. I already forgot. Yeah, it's 28 bucks a month. 28 a month. And you get gym memberships from like all, and they're not like some of them are pretty big franchise franchise gyms. Like there's LA Fitness and Vasa, but like I guess is it was it Peak Fitness is going to be is it one of the new ones that's coming in for it? Uh, they were talking about or Crunch. Crunch, that's what it was. Crunch Fitness. Um, but there's a bunch of like little gyms. Well, and then there was like Pilates Studios, Pilates Studios, yeah. Yoga Studios. It wasn't like just like weights gym. It was any type of really fitness. Yeah oriented type of thing and then you could also i didn't really understand how how it worked but like you could use the amenities that were with it like one of those pilates Mm -hmm. studios got like massages and other shit like that so i don't know if that was um included in that 28 or if that's just something that they have available but i thought that was really cool because it gave you like a map and then it had all like the the pins dropped all around the city Mm -hmm. on the participating gyms and so you can click on it, and it says, you know, here's what we have available. It's weights, free weights, machines, yeah, cardio, you know, free room, yoga studio, whatever that little, yeah. whatever you want to call that room, utility room. And then, like, the one of that Pilates studios was like, you know, we offer massages and dry needling and had all kinds of, like, different shit um, outside of whatever that fitness program was. 
So yeah, I don't know if that was included in that 28 a month or if that was something that you'd pay extra for, maybe at a discounted rate. I think, I think it'd be more of a discounted rate, but like whenever you go to the gym from what I was reading, whenever you go to the gym, you still have to fill out their flyer or you have to fill out their Their waiver form or whatever their waiver forms. So like that was, that'll be something if I, you end up going to like five gyms, different gyms a week before you go in for the first time you go in, you got to fill out their waiver, which is what it's whatever. But I, I debated on doing that, but like, I didn't want to find a place to park to pay for parking. Cause like, I bet True. you, yeah. I bet you that they have parking you have to pay for to get, even get into the gym. So you yeah, end up spending right. so much more money, but a lot of places there you could walk to. Yeah. So like you can end up spending your time walking, but that's what I ended up doing. I just walked everywhere yeah, when I was down you. there. You were pretty close to Broadway, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. And that's why I liked the Drury cause it was only a five minute walk. Yeah. And that's awesome. That was we nice. stayed when Katie and I went. We stayed on uh, Vanderbilt's campus. We stayed in like these apartments, what? did an Airbnb on uh, Vanderbilt's campus. So it was a bit of a walk, maybe 10 15 minutes. Um, but dude, it was kind of nice. There was a um, like a Nashville hot chicken place on the way, so we'd like go grab something on the way back. That's cool, go yeah. grab something real quick, and then like head to the strip while we were walking. We'd eat and then get to wherever we wanted to go and mm-hmm. go bar hop and whatever we wanted there, but um. Yeah, it was, it was kind of odd because it was, so <clears throat> I think it would have been the west side of the city had that bridge that mm-hmm. went over the highway, um, like on Broadway. So you crossed that bridge and then went maybe a quarter mile more, and then it was probably another quarter mile, I believe, south. Um, and that's where our apartment was. So, I mean, it was definitely close enough to walk to, but... You got, you got kind of tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I got exhausted. Like, I went to go meet someone for lunch. Yeah. And, dude, I had to walk 20 minutes to go meet them for lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's what sucked because it's like, and there's construction happening, too. I could have Ubered, but, like, I was already spending so much. I'm like, I'm not going to spend, you know, $10 to go just Uber. When it I can probably would have been more than that. Dude, it, Ubers, it probably Uber costs have, have gone up so much. Dude, what I should have done is there was one of those bachelorette tractors or whatever. Yeah. The front of the tractor said I got plowed. But the front of the tractor said I got plowed and then all these girls were in the back like dancing and having a great time. Oh my gosh. And one of the girls was like, come on. And I'm like, should have hitched a ride, but I should have hitched a ride because they kept going the same way I was going. And I was like, oh, I should have jumped on there at least for the ride. (laughs) That would have been fun. This is my stop. I'll see you later. (laughs) All right. Just jump, fall out of it. Dude, it was yeah, but it was it was a wild time. The music was great. People were great. I highly recommend it. And it's just everyone there was friendly, mm-hmm. and that was the cool part. But yeah, well, it's because it's people from all over the place, and they're coming there to all have fun. Yeah, like it's not like you're just going to downtown Indianapolis. Like you're coming mm-hmm. from a distance of some sort, no matter how far or near. Like what you said it was about four hours for you, four and a half. And then obviously there's people from Toronto, New York City. Yeah. So, I mean, people are coming from a distance. They're just coming there to enjoy. So, majority of the time, I feel when people are in those type of situations where you're coming from out of town and just kind of cut loose, you're a little bit more open to, to talk to other people mm-hmm. and kind of let your guard down a little bit. Dude, I, would, I was sitting there thinking, because obviously, like now, like I'll look it up right now for the study of it, but there's a study done about, and this is why I recommend like a lot of single guys go out and do this kind of stuff, like go out and tour, go have fun, like go on solo trips, definitely go to Nashville. Um, but like 60% of single men, yeah, 60% of single men like are, what was it? Studies? 
on single man. I'm looking it up on Google. Yeah, so more than 60% of young men are single, which is nearly twice the rate of unattached women, young women, signaling a larger breakdown in the social, romantic, and sexual life of the American male. Men in their 20s are more likely than women in their 20s to be romantically uninvolved or sexually dormant, friendless, and lonely. Interesting. Dude, that's wild. 60%. 60% of men. So think about this. I'm in, I'm 30. You're 31, right? All the guys in their 20s, 60% of those dudes have nobody. Right. On average, women in their 20s have a higher rate of being romantically interested mm-hmm. or with somebody and obviously sexually active. So who are they dating? 40% of guys. No. If more women are dating a lesser pool of men in their age range, either they're dating the same dudes. That's what I'm saying. Or they're all the, dating like the 30 80% or, 40. or whatever of women are dating the 40% of men. And I get, I, I think there's slightly more men than women in the U.S., um, but I think it's pretty even. So, yeah, yeah, they're dating the same people. Yeah. So these guys, and that's the other thing too, is like the, the top few percentage for few percentile of men are getting the attraction of a lot of women. Mm-hmm. So like you look at what typically what woman, a woman wants, like on average, this is a generality of on average. It's not per person because right. that's something that like every time I've chatted to somebody about this, especially if they're a woman, they're like, well, that's not what I want. I'm like, I'm not talking about what you want. I'm talking about on average, what most women want General woman, as a, a dude is over six feet tall, making six figures and is gorgeous. So I, which we, we talked about this not too long ago and we Googled the percentage of people and it was like less than 1%. Yes. It was like 0.04% are like over six feet making six figures. Yes. That's insane. So all these women are going after the same guy. And that dude is one lucky son of a bitch because he's just like, I got women coming to me left and right. So yeah. like for me, I'm not disclaiming what I make. I'm not disclaiming. I mean, I my height, 5'11 and three quarters. But if I'm wearing nice shoes, I'm six <laughs> foot tall. <laughs> but like for me, like I used to be 6'1". So when I was 6'1", it's not like I was, you know, talking to more women. It was just like I was 6'1". Right. And I was skinnier. But then I... I had back surgery and I, you know, my disc deflated and all that stuff. And now I'm five eleven three quarters. But being single in the dating game now, like you, women will put like on their dating profiles, they have like filters that you could put in. Women go in the, on their filters and change it to like six feet and above. Um, he's really? got to have this. Oh yeah, they got you have to have this education. You have to have this. You know, this is, has to be your body type. This has to be this. This this that. Like always breaking it That's down. So shallow, dude. Well, it's. Yes and no. It is their preference. Like, it's that woman's preference sure, for that. But, but is she worth that? Well, not only that, but the, she could be missing out on that dream person that she's trying to find. Yeah. The short king. That's that's 5'10". Yes. Like or 5'5". It, it could literally be every single thing on that list except for over six foot, and she's immediately going to pass him up. Just oh. because of his height. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's That's wild to me. It's it's wild to me to think about that because it's such an if the whole generality of what is women in that same same age range is going after the same dude 
do you want that? Like, do you want a guy that everyone's going after? Like, do I want the woman that everyone's going after? Because right. for one, what does that do? That leaves her with options, options all the time. Mm-hmm. So then what, what separates you from everybody else? That's why like working on yourself is more important, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like what I would say to those young guys who are still single and friendless and lonely, like, dude, there's groups out there for one. There's true gentlemen. Like That's right. The true gentleman. TG. Like, there's true gentlemen out there, which I've been trying to promote a little bit more recently. Um, I've been trying to, like, when I'm out and about, I'll tell people about it. But, like, that's a group for guys, men only, because I don't need to go to the reason why I started the group. But it's a group for men to come together to create more of a camaraderie with like-minded people. Yeah. And, men, like, just men who, like, it's all age ranges. There's guys that are, oh, yeah. in their, you know, early 20s to guys in their 50s and 60s mm-hmm. that all will come together. There's, like... There's different classifications of men that are in it. There's guys who are like me who are just like, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm an idiot. Like, I want to learn more. Like, please feed me this information. And there's guys like Jason Godwise that are in it. Yeah. Like, the dude is insanely smart. Yeah. Like, incredibly smart. And he's a- he's able to, like, have conversations with us. And th- it's putting men in situations where they most likely normally won't be in. Like, I enjoy that aspect. I liked of it. the that first meeting that we had. Well, the first meeting that I went to, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we just kind of went, went around the room and introduced each other, and then kind of what our expectation of the group was. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we trying to get out of it? And you know, a lot of people were like, "I you know, I just want to get to know more people, become more active in the community, blah blah." blah. But there were several people, like um, I think it was Jason, that was like, "I'm a pretty socially awkward guy. I'm trying to push my comfort zone," and meet people like in public settings and mm-hmm. like, well, this is a way to do it. A hundred percent. I mean, it's a controlled public setting, but well, that's like, the way to work on yourself, dude. That's awesome. That's the important part is a controlled public setting. Because if you put guys, what happens when you put a bunch of guys together with type A personalities, everyone's going to be at each other's throats. It's, it's going to be, I'm better at this. It's, it's me, me, me. It's this, this, like, I'm, you know, oh, you did, the, you went skydiving. Well, I go cliff diving. Like I yeah. go cliff jumping. It's like, <laughs> it's not about that, man. It's about like encouraging everybody else. Like one thing I've been trying to do. And one of my buddies, um, he did this really well for me was, I mean, he does, he has an amazing life. He's got amazing kids. His wife's amazing. His lifestyle that he has, it's, it's Dave. The dude's mm-hmm. awesome. But like he encourages all of his buddies. Mm-hmm. He makes you feel like you're the coolest guy when you're with them. Yeah. And that's awesome. Absolutely. Like, that's what I want to do for other people. Like, so yep. whenever, like, so like if you're talking to somebody like this, this goes to like the firemen and the cops out there and ambulance people, um, <laughs> ambulance drivers, ambulance drivers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys are important too. Um, but any career that you're in, if you're talking to somebody and they think that your career is way cooler, try to think about how their career affects people in their lives because they don't see it and they don't hear it. Right. Like we hear it all the time, dude. Like we're so blessed with what we do. Like, yeah. Just like yesterday, I do yeah. give a stop by, give us free snow cones, circle city, snowy <laughs> circle, city, <laughs> circle, city, snowy circle, city, snowy, bro. Hit him so, up. He's a G, but Jeff at circle city, snowy. <laughs> he's my man. Dude. He is my man. I had that tiger's blood in me. <laughs> he said, <laughs> we're like, Oh, we'll go ahead and grab our wall. He's like, no, I got you. He's like, are you sure? He was like, it's just ice. And I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you're not going to run out? <laughs> but like when you're talking to somebody and they're like, dude, a fireman job, like being a fireman, that's got to be so rewarding. It's got to be so cool. You're so like, man, you guys are awesome. It's like, 
we hear it all the time. Like it's the coolest job in the world. It, it is really, very rewarding. It is a very rewarding job. But if you sit <laughs> like there, idiots, <laughs> we will get to that in a second, dude. But like, if you sit there and the most important thing is to make that person feel special, ask them what they do. Yeah. Like these dudes from Canada, they asked me what I did for a living. I was like, oh, I'm a firefighter. And they just kept going on and on and on about it. I'm like, well, what do you guys do? And they're like, oh, well, we we supply parts for trailers. And I'm like, that job is very important. And they're like, no, it's not as important as saving lives. I'm like, dude, well, most Every, of the time, most the time the country was built on trucking. Exa- exactly. That's what I'm getting to. I'm like, dude, most of the time we don't save people. They die like yeah. pretty often. It's not like, it's not just a me thing. It's a every over and all thing. Mm-hmm. It's just the chances of survival after a cardiac arrest are very slim. Yep. But I'm like, if you don't do your job properly, the parts that I've ordered for my business don't come in on time. And now my livelihood is at stake for my family, for my home, Mm -hmm. for my business, for my passion, because and your customers and your Your customers customers aren't getting what they're needing to survive for their business or their individual needs. A hundred percent. So your job's more important than you think. It's just not as thanked. And I think that we should be thinking a lot of people, like especially truck drivers, Mm -hmm. uh, UPS, FedEx, like those guys, like they're making your life so much easier because you don't have to go out to the store anymore. Well, think of the increased workload that they've had. I mean, I'm sure they're expanding their their fleets, mm-hmm. but like when I was a kid, uh, we'd order like something online from UPS or FedEx like twice a year, maybe five yeah. times a year. We get we do that in a week at my house. There's always Damn. a package sitting on our front porch. So like they're working harder. They got bigger yeah. routes. I'm sure there's a lot more people working. Um, for UPS or FedEx or Amazon or whatever, but um, they're doing more. Mm-hmm. I got one. They got one. They're doing more. A ton more. I wonder what the percentage is. And they, they definitely make my life easy. Dude, it, it's my challenge. Here's what my challenge is. My challenge is to, when you go out today, or whenever you listen to this or at some point, talk to somebody, find out what they do, and then explain to them why their job is so important. For one, what that does for you, it helps you put yourself in someone else's shoes and think about, okay, I'm not the only person in this world. I'm not the one that's important. For one, God's important. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the other people in this world, like you could go up to somebody, let's say they have a different political view. If you can sit there and explain to them what they do is important, for one, that will increase their confidence. And they're going to also be put in a better mood. So that way they might pay it forward to somebody else. And they might, I like, do, you never know. They might go up to somebody and talk to them. And that dude was just thinking about killing himself. Yeah. Like, that's how I always think about it. Like, dude, what if this guy's want to kill himself? And all he needs is someone to just let him know that he's important mm-hmm. or he's heard and understood. Dude, male suicide is insanely high. Yeah. And that's something that's never really talked about. It's never discussed. But why is it not discussed? It's because like, well, you got to be a man. Right. You shut up. Eat your emotions. Don't talk about it. It's like, I mean, you should talk about it. That's the reason why like that group is super important. The true gentleman's group is super important because you start getting guys involved in it. Cause like where else, where else are you going to find a lot of, a lot of like-minded men that aren't sitting there getting completely trashed at the bar or wanting to go out and go to strip clubs and fill their mind with filth and things that don't matter that are only monetary that will only last so long Mm -hmm. just to give you that quick feel good other than meeting other guys and having conversations with them and discussions and increasing your knowledge base and your friendship. Like after those meetings, dude, I am like pumped. I'm super motivated. Like I just feel so good because you're hearing so many, 
similar perspectives because we're all very like-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but these other other people are able to dive into deeper parts of those perspectives, and like, it just opens my mind up so much more to, um, like, how to be a better person, how to be a better husband, mm-hmm. better father, um, just a better man. Um, just kind of what you're talking about with like uplifting a stranger just in a random conversation. Um, it's like, I mean, just something simple and I know you do it too, but <clears throat> every time we're like at the store or something, they're like, Hey, thanks for what you do. Thanks for your service, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what well, both of us are like, uh, you know, I appreciate your support. Thank you for your support, whatever. Just something small because I've had people where they'll come up and they'll thank me, thank you for your service, whatever. And then the, some of the other people that I'm with are like, I hate when people do it's like, dude, they're, they're excited to see you. Mm-hmm. Like you're a public servant out in the public and they're happy that you're around. Like give them that satisfaction back. Yes. It's just something small. Even if you, if you sit there and respond back with something like blowing it off, like, Oh, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. But if you get excited and you go up and talk to them, their day is made. Yeah. And it's just so simple because you're, we're idiots. Like they have no idea. The citizens <laughs> yeah. have no clue how immature and dumb <laughs> and childish we all are. Yep. Like we're all kids. We're all kids that have just never grew up, but we got big boy jobs and we have a lot of responsibility. <laughs> now, if you're watching this, have full have full faith in your first responders because they. Hey, when it's time to work, we when work. When it's time to work, it's it's work. But when it's not time to work, and you're just there. Dude, we're idiots. Yeah, like, so screwing around. Back to suicide, real quick. Um, so the rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. In 2021, men died by suicide 3.90 times more than women. On average, there's more than 132 suicides per day. Wow. White males account for 69.68 percent of suicide deaths in 2021. Wow. That is insanely high a lot of people it's insanely high and six seventy almost 70 percent of men are killing themselves and 60 percent of them and just in your 20s are lonely have no friends and are single i'm not telling you to go out there and make friends with just anybody you got to make friends with the right kind of people yeah oh absolutely you have to surround yourself with like those uplifting positive people that yes. we were just talking about. Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. That was something that I've tried to live by. Yeah. I try not to be friends with people who are going to bring me down yeah. or who aren't living life in the way or morally correct way that I think they should. Because if I'm hanging out with guys that are constantly using and abusing other people, what am I going to end up doing? Using and abusing other people. And I just don't want to make time for people like that. I don't want to do I that. I would much either. rather have that close knit couple of friends that I can count on than saying I have all these friends when really they're just like better than acquaintances. Yeah. You know, well, it's even depend on them. They'll, they'll not necessarily use you, but for lack of a better term, use you for things like, so, Oh, we're going to go out tonight. Oh yeah. I'll be there for that. Hey, do you want to come over and watch a movie? No. You know, Maybe maybe I'm having a rough day. Maybe I need someone to watch a movie with. <laughs> hey man, getting kind of sad. Getting kind of sad. Just sitting there to talk to somebody. Yeah. Dude, the 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 kinds of friendships that when you call them on the phone, like Joe calls me, you know, every couple of days, and he'll just be like, "Hey, just checking in on you, seeing what you're up to." I ain't got nothing to really say. I'm like, ah, cool man, doing nothing. Yeah. Just that. 
It's like, important stuff. It's really, it goes a long way. Just like think about, if you think of somebody, just go ahead and send them a text. Let mm-hmm. them know you're thinking about them because especially if it's another guy, because obviously with the male suicide rate, with depression and loneliness, like I deal with it, not suicide, but like I, I, well, I deal with it only because I work, but right. I deal with deal with the other side of suicide. The other side of it, the loneliness, the depression. It's like I deal with the anxiety of that, and there's other things out there that can, that help with that. Obviously, like you know what I what else I do, but like mm-hmm. I deal with it because I don't like being alone. There's times I like to be alone, but like you know, I'd rather I'd like to be with somebody, but I also don't want to want to just be with anybody. Right. Like I want to be able to be successful. I want to have that rock and that friendship and the relationship of my life that I can know I can count on and not somebody who's, who wants me there out of their convenience because I'm just somebody to fill that place right now. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of people out there that'll do that. Men and women will mm-hmm. do that to you. So, um, if this group is, if that true gentleman's group sounds interesting to you, you can go on Facebook, just type in true gentleman. It's a picture of King Baldwin, the fourth King Baldwin. The dude's, dude's a beast. Yeah. But it's a picture of him. Just follow the page. I'll accept you. As, as long as you're a guy. If you're a girl, I won't accept you. Because no girls allowed. Because no cooties. I don't want it. That's disgusting. He-Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> He-Man, He-Man Woman Haters. What was the girls one called? In, I don't uh, remember. <laughs> boys. Eh, girls. Bleh. That was in the Little Rascals. But that is, is stream, extremely important. Do we had a guy in there that... I mean, he was a younger dude, you know, early, like late teens, early twenties. He's like, I don't have any kinds of friends that are like this. Mm-hmm. And like, do we have business owners in there? We had a lot of business owners in there. Um, we had uh, guys who were the guy that Jason Godwise, the dude fought in the UFC and Bellator back in the day. Um, we had not only that, but he's like a, like a high up type scientist. Like, yeah, he has like dips four different science type degrees of, of, and like master's degrees, I think, or maybe even like PhDs in these science fields. The dude is insanely smart. Yeah. Education is super thing. impressive. He's going on and on about all these things that he does. And I'm like, how? And the how re- do you have that much brain space? And the reason why he was going on and on about it, because we asked everybody to, yeah, to explain upon their portfolio. Thing. Tell me your portfolio and what you yeah. bring to the table. And that's something that's also important too, is like with your friends, it's like asking them, what can you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to set yourself up for success in the future, you need to find out like, what, what do my friends bring to the table? What do I bring my friends to the table? Like, it's got to be an equal share. If you're giving all and not receiving anything back, you got to get out of there. Cause that's a toxic friendship and relationship. Yeah. You have to be able to at least receive something from your, for me, all I ask, all I ask for my friends is just, please give me your time. Yeah. Support, support and ear. time. I just, I want to be able to have that relationship where if I call you, you answer. Mm-hmm. Like if I need to talk to you, just reassure me that I just need that assurance that we're friends. Right. And it's not like, oh, we're friends and then walks away. It's like, <laughs> like, hey man, how are you? Right. I'm doing good, but I appreciate it. It's all I needed. So like that was good. But that guy I talked about, he's like, I don't have anything like this and this is awesome. I want to continue it. But obviously I took the last month off for everything. I had a lot of stuff going on, so like I ended up not doing anything last uh, last month with it. So this month, I'm going to try to reamp it back up, try to grow it again. Uh, we'll close up here shortly. I'm good. I got a half hour. You got a half hour left? Oh, cool. So, um, but yes, so back to the immaturity part in the fire service. Yesterday, just an example, <laughs> we're driving in the truck, and we're, <laughs> we're, I'm, we're sitting in the Rural King parking lot, and I hear you giggling and laughing in the back. And I look around and I I couldn't tell what you were doing, but then I find out you were making 
dog shadows. <laughs> Let me look it over to you. You were making dog shadows. In- <laughs> Literally in the back of the rig doing this. <laughs> My dog came running in. Yeah, She's yeah, like, oh, is there another dog in here? He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, shadow puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time like stuff like that happens, I always think about like, man, if the citizens of where we live and work at just knew what we did, they would lose all faith in us. But it's like, dude, you got to have fun. Like, you have to have fun. You have to have that decompression of all the stress and anxiety of what we do. Yep. Because, like, when you you get, when you, and this is how I'll explain it to people. So if you get upset about it and you're like, these guys are stupid and they're immature. Let me explain this in the beginning. When you're 18 years old and you get the job, you fill out your death paperwork. Yeah. So it's very real. How do you want to be buried? Where's all your documents? Uh, do you want a firefighter's funeral? Do you want like the full garrison flag and all that sort of do you stuff? Want, who are your pallbearers? And your yeah, who are who is who's going to carry your casket? You're 18 years old or 21 years old or I was 29. Mm-hmm. Not really something I thought about yes. until those pa- that paperwork hit my desk and I was like, okay, um, this is important. This is real. So these little like goofy stuff that we do, it's it's like a it's like an out. It's like a decompression. It's just mm-hmm. having fun in that that little downtime that we get. Sometimes there's more downtime than than other days, but mm-hmm. just filling that time with fun because you're there for 24 hours, something you know, 12, whatever. But typically, we're there for 24 hours. It's a lot of that's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time to fill, and that's when you get to know someone. Yeah, and. You're just sitting down, you're shooting the shit, you're having fun. Like we were literally sitting in a Royal King parking lot and the sun was shining in on my shoulder and I moved my hand and I saw there's like a a cabinet that's in front of me with a roll down door. And I like moved my hand and I saw that I I got a shadow. I'm like, that's it. We're doing shadow puppets. I know what I'm doing with my time. (laughs) This will pass the time by greatly. But that's part, that's just part of it, dude. That, That is just being able to relax and just chill out and have some fun while you're there. Cause if you take the job too seriously for one, you'll end up not having any friends cause no one's going to want to be around you. If you just take it seriously all the time, there are times right. to take the job seriously. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But you need to find a way to get an outlet. And that's the reason why I like, I find, I tell guys get hobbies, like mm-hmm. get a hobby. That's fun. Find something that doesn't only benefit you, but benefits other people. It's it's so important because our jobs as public servants, and I say that term loosely because like, are we public servants? Yes and no. Like, and the reason why I explain it like th- like I'll explain it like this: we cannot do everything and anything for the public. Right. I can't come there and I can't always shovel everyone's driveway. I'm not I'm not that type of public servant. It's like well, there's also like you have to do things for yourself too. But we're there to help you if you really need it. But if we if we show up and you can't start your lawnmower and we're well, we're driving by because we were just on another run and you can't start your lawnmower. Well, I know a little bit about small engines. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop and I will help you try to start your lawnmower. We ended mm-hmm. up starting it right away after that lady. Yeah, she never primed it. That was the problem. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me you didn't prime the engine? I had no idea what that would do. But that's a. It's just the I small little things, little things like that. Yeah, and well, and then people don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was listening to, I 
can't remember which podcast it was. I was listening to a podcast and the guy was talking was it, about. Was it more with Stumpo? It was more with Stumpo, <laughs> actually. Yeah. No, the guy was talking about how <clears throat> there was either like a, an officer on another shift or maybe it was an officer on the same shift, maybe like a captain. I can't remember exactly. But this other officer was complaining like, all these new hires, none of them can start chainsaws. None of them know how to work on anything. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, teach them. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to take time to complain about it. Take that time and teach them. Um, but second, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. If you've never, if you've lived in the city your whole life and never felt fall tree, never ran a chainsaw even, how are you going to know how to work on it? How are you going to know if that blade's tight enough? Or the chain's tight enough. How are you, how are you gonna know? Do you do you realize that that small engine needs compression, spark, and fuel? Mm-hmm. Do you even do you like you don't know what you don't know? So going back to to her, she probably never mowed that lawn before. Someone yeah. else probably did it, and she was like, "I got to get it done. They're not home. Uh-huh. Whatever the situation 100%. was." And she didn't even know that the thing had a primer on it. So like, that's a teaching. Th- it's a teaching moment. Absolutely, you use that. She as knows a how to do it now. Yeah, 100%. Well, hopefully. I hope. But <laughs> yeah, you got to have the willingness to learn on top of that. But <laughs> That's super important, too. I, I'll, I'll have that discussion with anybody if they're willing to learn and if they ask a stupid question. Like, I don't believe in no questions. Is, like, no que- an unanswered question is a stupid question. Like, I don't really fully believe in that. But, like, it's how you respond to it is what makes it important. If someone comes up to me, like, I don't know if people know this or not. Most fire trucks don't have keys. Almost anybody can steal a fire truck. It's pretty easy. I should do a tutorial on how to do it and see how many people will steal. Nobody, will, I mean. Typically there's system. two switches. Yes. You wait till the lights turn on and then you push a button. Yes. There's a there's a battery switch, which is red usually. There's an ignition switch. Then you wait about eight seconds. Wait till it quits beeping at you. Wait till it quits beeping or when all the, the gauges, gauges come back down. Yeah. Then you press start and then drive, push in the air brake and go. That's it. Yeah. And we leave them unlocked. Typically. <laughs> All the time. Nope. All the time. It's always locked when we're in public. Oh, yeah. 100%. Always <laughs> locked. The, they, that was not even, I don't even think it's a policy to lock the fire truck up. It's just like, I've but no one messes like with them. Yeah. Which blows my mind because I figure people will at least open compartment doors and start like, yeah, pulling your hat, through. Your, pull your helmet out, put it on their head. Like, we had some guys a long time ago. This is before I got hired at my department, at our department, that they got in trouble. Because everyone was up in the training room. This is back when they had nighttime training. Mm-hmm. And these girls were walking downtown Greenwood. And they saw that the you know, bay door was up. It was an evening time. They'd been drinking, I guess. And they were wearing very scantily clad clothing. So they went up to the front of the truck, started taking pictures, like laying across it. And I don't know if they took someone's helmet and put on their heads or someone's helmet was up at the window just sitting there. Yeah. And those pictures got posted and then it made its rounds. And those that officer, I believe, got wrote up for it. Wow. For something he had no control over. The the bay door was up. These they were up everybody was up in the training room. And these girls just decided to take pictures and they got in trouble for it. So I'm curious about that. Like it's a public building, right? I mean, it's still yeah. like our home, but it's still yeah. 100% a public building. Anyone can just come and come in. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like, not necessarily like breaking in or anything, but is, you think there's any legalities behind like coming into the firehouse I uninvited? I have no idea. 
I have no idea. Like I get you can show up and that's no problem or you can park your, your car there or whatever. Use it as like a parking lot. I, I get that. But what about like actually coming in? And what if the door's open? Because that's kind of inviting. And we keep typically during it's, the during the warm seasons, we keep those bay doors open all day. Yeah, until it's time for bed. But the other thing too is like I, I think it what comes down to is if you think about it like a public library, anybody's invited in the public library until you're not. Sure. Yeah, so that's a good point. If you come in, you can just kind of walk into the firehouse. I mean, we used to have kids all the time at the old 93s that would just walk into the bay, go up to the soda pop machine because it was 50 cents. Mm-hmm. They'd throw in 50 cents and they'd get pop, soda pops and sit in the lawn chairs inside the fire inside the bay and put the fans on them and just sit there, just drink a soda pop. You never, That's you, innocent. They don't mean any harm. Yeah, they're, it's better than them going out and doing like, small crimes right like it's better than them running around on the street yep. like i'd rather have them come to the firehouse like sit in the bay like don't come inside you know right because you might hear or see some things that you don't want to or that you shouldn't hear because like you know movies are on and stuff like that and guys no, it's are like it's still our, our home it's still our home but like, you know I get it's yeah. public but it's the living quarters is our home like yeah. we live there <laughs> well we had a lady <laughs> we had a lady one time that was at the trailer park it started to storm really bad and she just, and it was known that they would come in from the trailer park because if it was a bad storm, they did not want to be in their trailers. Yeah. So they'd come to the firehouse and they started, go, we had probably 30 people inside the firehouse and they started like going through our fridges, like pulling stuff out. Like one guy was getting a cup of milk. Are you kidding me? So I'm walking down. I'm, I'm new at this point. I'm like, uh, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're getting some milk. We appreciate it. I'm like, no, 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 I, I that's ours. Like, well, it's a public building. I'm like, public building, but not yeah, for you. We, like, we not, buy all that we, stuff. We buy that stuff for us. With, like, my paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, my paycheck. But And people were just taking our food. Like, they were just eating it. So oh, we had to man. tell them, like, go back upstairs. You guys can't, can't come down to the kitchen. Like, it was wild. But the they just thought, since it's a public building, everything's right. free. So there's that, too. But, like, you're, you're invited until you're not invited. So, I mean, I'll give the example. Like, a buddy of mine I invited over. To, he wanted to make some content, so mm-hmm. his content creator made a video that wasn't in line with what the department's um, public morals are. So they asked me if I've seen the video. They didn't tell me to take it down. They just said, "Hey, we just don't appreciate it." So then I hit him up and said, "Hey, you know they're not appreciative of this." Blah 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 blah. So he ended up taking the post down because <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I, it was a joke. I was trying to have fun with it. My content creator made it." But I'll go ahead and take it down. It got like 120,000 views on it. Yeah. Like It was blowing up. It was doing pretty well. So he ended up taking it down and stuff. But he made a new post. And then I shared that post and tagged the fire department in it. Did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good for you. The new post was pretty good. <laughs> and it looked cool because he brought his car out and put it in front of the fire truck. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was cool. But I'm actually yeah. surprised we didn't get any you know, backlash from that video of that us like pull, no of us pulling the rig out to yeah. his car like on the front pad well i think it's super I, in my opinion i think it is very important to actually be involved in online content respectable online content like we're not making only fans here but right. like, we're talking about like doing stuff collaborating with people who are in the public public's eye that aren't public servants or first responders like if there's somebody who has got a big following on online, what would be a good buy-in for one, that person, but also the fire department and even police department too, to do a collaboration video with them. Yeah. Like have, I'd like to have him keep coming back to where 
tens of thousands of people are going to see our department and how we act. So what does that do for the guys that live somewhat in that area? They're like, I want to work for those guys. Yeah. So I was just going to bring up, I think it's called, I think the department's called like South Metro and I believe it's a a suburb of Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, they have a huge YouTube page. And I've seen some of their videos on TikTok, so I'm assuming they're mm-hmm. on TikTok, or maybe that maybe it got clipped by somebody and they put it on theirs. But regardless, they have a pretty large social media presence, and their academies. I mean, it's like an IFD academy. Like mm-hmm. there's 40, 50 people, 60 people in these academies, and I doubt they're having 14 applicants, mm-hmm. and seven of which show up to the interviews <laughs> when we need like nine people. <laughs> you know, all getting jobs. Yeah, I mean. You're showing, you're showing a, a like a level of like, hey, we, we have some fun. This is some things that we do. Um, you're getting a better idea of like, you know, a day in the life. Um, plus, you're showing that involvement in the community. I I think that's super important. I think because we are public figures, I think we need to be more involved in the community. And I I really like going to like different, not just like the grocery store, but like we went to Rule King the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get out, but typically we would. And go walk the store and talk to people and bullshit with the cashiers. Mm-hmm. And but it's also it's like not we're the people you're going to see when exactly you're having an emergency. I, I want to make myself known to you prior. Exactly to that incident. But it's also not showing up looking like a stiff. Right. You want to look like what your public looks like. Right. So if I come walking up and I'm wearing a fully pristine uniform with shirt tucked in. Everything's polished, looking good. Is that going to make that person super comfortable to come up and talk to me in the area we live in? No, no, it's not. What's the area we normally, like we live in middle to low poverty range, mm-hmm. lower poverty range. So if I'm walking around like that, people are going to think that I'm above them. They're not going to want to come talk to me. Right. But if like I look more, the, thing. yeah, like I have more people now come up and talk to me because I'm tatted up. Right. Like I look more like them than most everybody else. And also it's like, I'm, I think I'm, I hope that I'm an approachable person mm-hmm. because that's how I should be. I should be walking around the store. I should look more like, Hey man, I, I'm relaxed too. I'm chill. Like, just come talk to me. Like if I'm walking around with my everything, every time I'm walking around, my shirt's tucked in and all that kind of stuff. The only generation that cares about that is the generation that's currently dying right now. Yeah. That's it. It's the older generation. That's the only ones that care about it. Everyone else is like, dude, if you've got your shirt tucked in, I think you're kind of a puss. Like, you look like a pushover. Look the part of, don't come in with your pants sagging below your butt. But right. Like, look still the, look professional. Still look professional. Don't look like a slob. Yes. But you don't have to have that, you know, starched t-shirt, and, you know. Yeah, come in looking like you're a normal person. Yeah. But also another thing that I like is showing up to any event. Like not being told to go to the event. I don't mm-hmm. like that. But like showing up to those public events, like Freedom Springs, that adult night that they had. Yeah. We were heading back, dude. Like I wish we would have went a little bit earlier. I know. But <laughs> that was showing up there. <laughs> I'm sure that was a party. I, I could smell did. the alcohol in the oh air. Oh my gosh. Like I'm literally, we're driving in and I get out of the rig and I'm like... It smells like booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, even when I was in Nashville, like when I was down in Nashville, I couldn't tell you how many times I saw the fire trucks driving around. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what they're doing. Like yeah. we know what they're doing. Right. They're looking for hot chicks. Like scoping out, yeah, scoping just, out the territory here. You're getting some uh, district familiarization. A hundred percent. You're finding out like we need to know our clientele. 
inside and out. Like we need to know what is happening on the streets. Like I get what they're doing, but like seeing the fire department's presence and police presence, like if dude, one cop was smoking a cigar, just chilling. Like that was cool. People were walking up to him, fist bumping him, like build that relationship up. Quit being so like putting your thumb down on the guys. Let him relax. Like I, I was sitting there with these guys from Toronto and I'm like, dude, look at that cop. He's smoking a cigar. And then the guy turns to me, he's like, this is what America is. Yeah. And I'm like, back home, that wouldn't be able to happen because they're terrified of a guy smoking a cigar. That's, that, you can't do that. The public right. sees you as a, dude, chill out, man. The public can't have, know you use tobacco. They can't know that you're an, an average citizen. You're above them. No, <laughs> we are not. We are the same as these people. But we have you know jobs that are pretty important. Yeah, but there's times to be super professional. There's times to just relax and have fun. Build that relationship up with the public. That was so that was cool to see, but also seeing the fire department run. But when we went over to um, the Freedom Springs when they had the adult night, mm-hmm. dude, people were coming up to us and like making comments to us. Like they thought it was cool that we showed up. Yeah. Like they enjoyed it. Like they were taking pictures of the fire trucks. They were having a good night out. And all of a sudden now the fire, fire, firefighters show up. Like, yeah, they want to go take pictures with the fire truck. We turn the lights on for them. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, just have some fun, man. Let people <clears throat> just like engage with us. Try not to be a hermit or a crab and then just like hide every time there's people around. But there's other times too where it's like it's forced. Like when the department forces you to go out right. and be in the public for hours. Which on the, the, what was it called? It was at Freedom Sprint. Mud Day. Mud Day? Yeah, Mud Day. We were forced to go to that, but I still really I still had a ton of fun. I, it's literally, so for those that don't know what Mud Day is, so it's literally like a tilled up patch of grass. So it's, bunch of dirt and we go out there with the fire engine and soak the dirt and make mud for everyone to go play in. <laughs> it's it so, sounds insane, but that's literally it. Like you just go and you play in the mud for four hours mm-hmm. and uh, dude, I had a blast. I mean, I didn't get to play in the mud, but I got to spray all the mud and spray off the muddy kids at the end and stuff. Yeah. And like, it was just cool being again, being in the public, being with our customers in a positive setting. We weren't mm-hmm. there on on their worst day. We were there on one of their best days. We get to have fun with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just as important as showing up to a call or showing up to a fire or whatever that may be. Um, being there on, the, on those positive times and being seen in the stores, being mm-hmm. seen just out, whatever, walking around. Um, we don't have as much traffic, but like, when I spent a couple shifts at the at the ninety twos, we'd sit on the front pad, and every third car that would go by would be honking and waving mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, again, you know, you're still at your house, but you're in the public's eye, and you're making your your presence known in a in a positive way. And I think that's important because <clears throat> same thing with like you and I, right? If you don't know me, and all of a sudden I'm like, here's the things that we need to get done, you're gonna be like, okay, whatever. Whereas if we have a rapport and I'm like, hey, these are the things we need to get done. You mm-hmm. have a, a trust in me. Same thing I feel with the public is like if I can get to know them a little bit more, they can get to know me a little bit more on a positive note. When it comes time for me to you know, be a paramedic, be a firefighter, whatever that may be, there's a little bit more faith and a little bit more trust. We already have that level of trust just from showing up. Yeah. But... I mean, think of the times where, I mean, you grew up here. Mm-hmm. So think of the times where you go on a run and you know the people there. Yeah. Think of that level of it's rapport. Been quite a few, yeah. Think of that level of rapport that you instantly have just from knowing them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 
why we should be in the public eye a little bit more on on good terms. Yes. Not like, just on those bad bad times. Like even going around to businesses and just walking around the business, not even doing just, I mean, yes, go and get, like, get your pre-plan done. Yeah. It's like a ideas. familiarization thing, not a, uh, you're, we're going to find you because you have this chair in front of the door. Yes. I can't believe you have boxes stacked up, stacked up all the way to a foot of the ceiling. It's like, Hey man, take those boxes down. But like, we're just here to get to know you guys and get mm-hmm. to meet you guys because there's been a couple times where like we've done pre-plans and like checked out these businesses and then all of a sudden we're there in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like that Dude, phone place, the phone place we yeah. went to, we were out mowing one day and then we're like, let's go stop inside. Tell them we're, you know, see if we can get you a tour. And I'm, we, all we did, which is like, Hey, we're local firemen. This is our district. And the guy's like, Oh cool. I'll get you guys some badges. You guys can Wasn't walk it around like at night too. Didn't we it was, show up yes. at like eight o'clock at night and the dude's yes. like standing out there smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was standing outside smoking. He's like, Oh yeah. I'll let you guys in. You guys can do it. They let us have free reign of the building. Like, yeah. It was cool. And we were sitting there joking about like, we were in our civvies. Like we just yeah. got done mowing. We're in this like t-shirts and jeans <laughs> and he, we're like, yeah, we're fine. he's like, Oh yeah. Go like tour yourself. Yeah. You're fine. You know what you're looking for. <laughs> I was like, this is freaking wild. But and then was, like, what, a week later we got there even on a week alarm? Later. It was a, I think it was two shifts later. Yeah. So just a couple days. We went back there on an alarm and it was the same guy. And we're like, dude, we were just here. He's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. It's yeah. like, go around and tour. Like, like um, go into the schools. <clears throat> we went to the schools. Like, get in front of the eyes of the kids. For mm-hmm. one, like if you have cops that are doing it, like my brother does the stuff at Center Grove. Right. He's got a great relationship with all the kids. Like they know him. Yep. Like, and then when they see me out, they think they know me. Right. And it's weird sometimes because they come up and start like saying things that I'm like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know you. <laughs> I don't have any clue who you are. But having that relationship with those kids, it gives them a positive um, outlook on police and fire. Yeah. So like for us, I think it's important if we just show up at schools, not be mandated to go to schools because you mandate guys to go to schools. They're going to be in a bad mood because like, got to be here for five hours, like six hours. Like, mm-hmm. no thanks. That's a lot. But like, well, just when we do it on up, your own. Like we went to the, uh, the middle school not too long ago and we were like, hey, we just haven't walked through this building in a yeah. long time. We want to get to know where the appliances and, mm-hmm. you know, hazards yeah. are located. And they're like, yeah. I think it, I think it's important to do it while while kids are in school. Mm-hmm. That way, when you're walk because you walk down hallways, do they think it's the coolest thing to see the fire department? Yeah, like they think it's the coolest thing. So it's like give them for one that experience to see you guys. That way, if you go back on a run, they're like, oh, that was the guy that came here a couple of weeks ago, and I remember him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the guy with tattoos. That's the guy with the must the cool mustache. And then all of a sudden, now like kids are talking about it, and then. Maybe that might get them interested in being a firefighter. Maybe yeah. it might get them interested in like, I need to think about what I want to do for, for a living. Recruit them young. Recruit them while they're young. <laughs> Go in there and like hand out job apps. <laughs> like when you're 18. I'm 13. <laughs> when you're 18, you apply here at this department. You ever heard of the cadets? <laughs> <laughs> get on that cadet program at the age of 14. <laughs> Become a firefighter, kind of. But like, that's super important to do. And that's the reason why I think it's important. I, we need to get back into doing that again because yeah. we, we did that for a few weeks. We would go to a business every every shift um, and just get to know people while you're there. Mm-hmm. And then like another another really important thing is try to try to involve other guys with it. Yeah, your other firemen. Like try to involve the guys in your crew with it because if you're showing up and you're just the only one wanting to do it, it's like hey, this is the reason why it's important because when you go and ask for that raise. 
and the public, let's say for some reason they don't, they're doing a referendum and the public has to vote, mm-hmm. they're more willing to vote if you have a reputation built with them and a camaraderie built with them. And I'm not saying do this only for that reason, but there are benefits with getting to know. And it's very helpful. And when you're doing anything else and you're walking around not like talking to people and telling them what's going on, they're like, oh, well, I've already met this guy a few times. He's an honest dude. He's a good guy. Like he's he's genuinely wanting the best for everybody, but they have issues going on and they need to get them fixed. So they need some change. That's important. It's very important. Yeah. But alas, you know, there are those guys that just don't want to do anything. Yep. They're just in it for themselves. There will be. That's, I've talked about it the, yeah, you've before, talked about the, that before. The rule of thirds or the yeah. 33% rule where there's a third of the people that show up, collect their check, go home. Mm-hmm. There's that middle third that have some enthusiasm about what they do, but they're not really going out of their way. They're attending the mandatory classes. They're attending the, um, you know, the details that they're supposed to go on. They're not really complaining about it. But, mm-hmm. And then again, go home, collect their check, call it a day. And then there's the top third that are going out of their way to learn more, going out of their way to teach others, so on and so forth, <clears throat> you're not going to convert 66%. You're not going to convert two-thirds into the top one-third. But you can get one at a time. Mm-hmm. You can slowly convert people. Um, I. That's like a huge... Uh, not a mindset, but just a way to think about things like... Yeah, you're not going to control the masses, but if you can get one person involved, that person can get one person involved. Now, those two people might get four people involved, and now your group is growing that care and give a shit and are able to give back the same way that um, things have been given to them. I think it's it's super important. I think it's a way to... Increase the one, the relationship with what you have with your crew, but also with your department too, like your higher ups that they're going to see that, oh, these guys are taking initiative yeah, and they're actually going out and doing things. That way, when something comes around, hopefully they reach out to you and be like, hey, we have this coming out. Like, I think we still need to be doing that open house. Yeah. Like, I think that's a great idea to do the open house for our station because there's, there's not been one to the public. Right. I think it would be kind of cool to do that. But. Well, not only the. Yeah, like, yeah, your higher ups seeing you and they're like, oh, they're taking initiative. Like, you've talked about this before, but like, you build that, that not camaraderie, the, uh, that reputation that you're willing to just go all out and you know what you're doing going mm-hmm. all out. You know, you're, you're in first due to a fire, you go out, swap bottles, and you go to the battalion, you're like, hey, we're ready. And they're like, all right, immediate assignment mm-hmm. instead of rehab. We'll get another crew in there. They're like, yeah. no, we want you in there. That's the reputation you want to build. Yeah. Dude, I've heard that a few times with like being on fires. Like I had one battalion say, like, I'm really glad that you and so and so were here. Yeah. Because I can count on you guys to keep going back in. That should tell you the state of for one, the shift. Right. But also it's like, hey, just for one, just take care of yourself. Like go to the gym, work out. By no means am I in the most perfect shape in the world. But like I do continue to work on myself. And so do other guys too. Yeah. But you want to build that reputation of you can do this. Like I, what I want is for someone in the public, when they see me walking in, I want them to know when they look at me, like that dude can pull me out. Yep. That dude can take care of me. That's what I want them to know. It's like have that physical reassurance that I can do the job. Now, if I come in and I'm, I don't know. 
severely overweight. I got a belly hanging below my belt and it's like, uh, can he pull me out? Then there's going to be those guys who's like, I could work circles around you. I don't care. At least look the part. Yeah. At least look like you can work circles around me and take care of yourself. Like have some discipline. Like that's so important for one, not only just for your body, but also for your mental health too. It's so well, about important when to this, have the discipline. How about when this extremely physically and mentally tax, taxing career is over? Now you're still fat and out of shape. What's your quality of life after retirement going to mm-hmm. be like? Like, Take care of yourself for the long term. The average life expectancy of a firefighter after retirement is, I think, 15 years. Is it really? Uh-huh. After retirement? After retirement. That's a long time. I'd be happy with 15. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd be happy with more. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think you'd be happier with a little bit more than that. But well, it's like, like 70. That's 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 a long damn life. Yeah, but 70. People aren't living to 70. They're living past that. They're living oh, past, know. You know, 80 and 90. Like, I'd, I'd rather have a longer life. I mean, you think all the shit that's fighting against us already. Yeah. I mean, they just came out with a study that says our, our bunker gear alone gives us cancer, let alone the things on the bunker gear. We shouldn't be wearing it. <laughs> Take it off. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it, <laughs> especially when it gets really hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've never worked in a factory, have you, boy? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Dude, no, we had to work in a factory. We had a, we had a patient tell us that. He's like, we were like, oh, it's a hot one out. He's like, well, you boys never worked in a factory. You are no like, hot. You don't know hot until you worked in a factory. It's like, uh, I think we know yeah. what I've, heat feels I've, like. I've seen hot a time or two. Yeah. There's, I mean, <laughs> may, we, it may not happen often, but when it does, it's hot. It's no, real sir. Hot. You don't understand hot. <laughs> oh, your factory was 400 plus degrees? I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. And you still got to work? Okay. but Well, well then what cracked me up, too, is when we got outside, he was like, yeah. It is pretty hot out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Dude, we did that extrication training the other day. That was, for one, so much fun. Yes, it was. It was an awesome training. But, dude, I had not sweat that much in a long time. Yeah. That was like being in a sauna, wearing fire gear, and working. I had my EMS gloves oh. underneath my extrication gloves. And then when I took the EMS gloves off, I, like ounces of sweat came oh, out of yeah. my gloves. <laughs> it was disgusting. Dude. My boots, I could hear, you know, like the sloshing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like when you submerge your feet in water and you're like my boots were doing that. I was like, <laughs> I sweated so sweated. much. <laughs> it was insane, but it was a great training. It really was. It I'm was excited awesome. for the future ones because he was talking about like having real um, like like bystanders, bystanders. Yeah. and civilians nearby. Yeah. I'm excited that can, like, for that. They might be a patient. They might just interfere with your. That's cool. That's what really happens. Yes. People start coming up to you on like any type of scene and they start talking to you and you've got to take in so much information plus somewhat take them, figure out if you're going to take them seriously or not. Yeah. Like there might be some people that were just like, Hey, I wasn't here, but like, what, like, you know, I saw this and this, like, eh, doesn't really help. Or someone was like, I saw the whole thing. This is what happened. That guy flew that way. He's over there. It's like, Oh, perfect. Thank you. Cause it would take us a minute to get to that point of searching exterior areas of the scene well, because like we had that uh that motorcycle fatality on worstville yeah um that sedan versus motorcycle yep and uh the guy in the sedan was just like distraught because mm-hmm. like he knew that guy was dead mm-hmm. and then plus he wrecked his car and all that and then not only that he had like a pissed off pit bull in the back seat. Yes. That dog was intimidating. <laughs> it was terrifying. It bit that cop. I that cop well, his re- dumbass got in the back seat with him. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, "Come here, puppy." <laughs> I was like, Argh. But so that the driver of the sedan 
did not want to talk to me. Didn't want to talk to mm-hmm. anybody. There was a lady that was standing there, and I think she was just a bystander. I yeah. don't think she she was knew him at all, and uh, that was the only person that he would talk to until he like calmed down a little bit more, and I was able to get in the car, and then we worked on getting him out because we had to um, we had to have an extrication response. Yes, not a door pop. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was my <laughs> mistake. <laughs> that was one hundred percent me. But that's coming back down to like that person went through a traumatic experience. And not only him, people that witnessed it too. That's a traumatic experience witnessing yeah. a death of somebody. But he only wanted to deal with somebody who he he felt comfortable. Yeah. To. Well, I'm sure that lady can, was first first right there. Yeah. So. But he also it could have that lady could have reminded him of his mom. Yeah. So then he's like, I'll only talk to her. So then now you have to work with a person who has no. That's another thing too. Is I'll I'll get through this point and then I'll bring up the next point is he wanted to only discuss anything with her. So now you have to bring in this woman who's got no experience in, fir- in being a first responder of public safety to work with you on this scene that is still not fully secured because right. it's never really fully secured. But like now you have more stressors, but for the patient to keep him calm and to keep him talking is so important mm-hmm. to talk to this woman. And that was when... um we had a, we were on a run. We were just listening to it. We were listening to another call. Some, some guy was doing paratrooping stuff down at Camp Atterbury and got stuck in a tree. Mm-hmm. First thought that came to my mind was cool. Call an arborist because he's up at the top of the tree. He's up in the foliage of the tree. Who does that stuff daily? True. I Who does it of that. daily? And then I was getting told like, you can't do that. That's not, that's not fully safe. My, our job's not fully safe for one. That person is an arborist. He can do it every day. Well, he's not specifically trained in rescue. He takes down 400-pound logs. <laughs> he's trained in trees and brings down 400-pound logs safely with ropes yeah. and pulleys. I think that he could do it with a guy who probably weighs 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Half the weight of the log. Now, the logs may be weighing more than that. But use that guy with the first responders on scene. Because I, we're not doing this daily. Mm-hmm. He does it daily. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, utilize what we you got around you. The, pair in the rescue with the... Pair him with them. Yeah. With but, the knowledge of how to get this guy out of the top of a tree. 100%. Because that ain't my expertise. No. Even even for the guys that do that type of stuff, like that uh, high rope rescue. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure, yeah. Like, you, I'm sure you're trained on that. I'm sure you've done it with some repetition. But is it second nature to you? Like, that guy's first nature career is climbing trees and cutting trees down and knowing how it works. And like, Hey, like when you, like I've spoken with arborists before, they're like, you, you can look at a tree and I can know that the best way to fell that tree is going to be going over to the left side. Or I see that tree is leaning, but also then again, some, there's some parts of the tree that are missing on the other side of it. So I'm gonna have to cut it the opposite way. Well, we may not know exactly how that tree will fall so we can cause more damage. Right. And also, it can cut the scene time in half. Right. If you get somebody who knows what they're that's doing it daily, and he can give you some advice. Um, for example, this happened in another country, but this little kid, like I think he's like two or three years old, <clears throat> got stuck in a well. So the firefighters couldn't fit down because it was such a tight hole. The firefighters couldn't fit down. So what did they do? They they re, they went down to a last resort and they tied a kid's feet together and they had the kid go down head first and they just lowered him down to get this other person. Utilize what you have around you. Yeah, I'm not saying that's your first. That's not your first option. <laughs> that is not your first option. 
but it is an option. Utilize what you have around you because that is so important. If you can think outside the box, like I wouldn't, that would not be my first option. I would be like, we need some skinny, small people first, like that are, that are fire. I would, that I I wouldn't even want that as my last option. That's a little scary. It's very scary, but that's how, that's the only way that that kid got rescued out of there. It's the videos on YouTube. You can look it up. Like, uh, it may, it may not have been a well, it may have been like a a well. It was a kid stuck in well, kid rescues kid. I don't know what it would be yeah. called, but it happened in another country. But there's there's plenty of things that have happened like that. Even with the tornado that we had. Mm-hmm. the Oh, it's past 1030. I'll make this quick All point. Right. We'll be done. Even with the tornado we had, there was so many units that were already out and working. When we pulled up over into that neighborhood in Whiteland, we only had us. Yeah. For a while, too. For I was kind of shocked. For a while. So there what, was a lot of pieces of apparatus on that run string. Yes. And we were alone for a minute. We were alone for a very Ian long I, time. Ian and I searched three houses before the next unit arrived. I thought it was just Ian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Sorry. It wasn't you. But Ian searched those three houses before the next unit arrived. <laughs> well, you guys pulled that lady out, too, which he, was cool. Ian did, yeah. yeah. Ian did it by himself. You had nothing to do with it, right? Not a thing. Not a thing. I, you were at home. Yep. You were off that day. I forgot about that. Actually, I said, man, I'm not going to go on this run. I'm just going to go back to bed. <laughs> but like I utilized people that guys that just came up to me and were like, Hey, what can I do to help? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. I know that I don't have any of them. Well, you were herding cats. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the neighborhood was out. Like, is Timmy okay? Is John fine? Like you guys, every, everyone who's okay, like go there. Yes. <laughs> everyone so, who's not okay, just yell and be like, I'm not okay. <laughs> I, well, I, I came up with a quick collection point which was the other fire truck that finally pulled up. Yeah. I said, the collection, I said, everybody that's okay, go. Oh, I, it was someone's house. I said, go to that house right there. And then they're like, all right. So then all of a sudden the herd of people start like waddling over <laughs> that way. And then I had like other guys come up to me like, what can I do to help? I'm like, Are you comfortable? Like with searching someone's house real quick. Now I didn't send them into the houses that were, you know, destroyed. completely destroyed from yeah. this tornado. But like, I'm like you, you and you go check these five houses and then come back to me and tell me what you find. And then when you talk to the people, find out if anyone's hurt, find out if they need anything. How many anything, people were there? How many, how many people, people are in there? Now? And you come back to me. And then I was like, you and you, you two go down the street and start working your way back this way. Like that was, it cut out so much time mm-hmm. and we were able to find out if anybody was truly injured. And the only true injuries that we really had were the people that were affected directly in that, that area that we were in Yeah, and they were already being taken care of. So, yeah. but yeah, just thinking outside the box. So We'll go ahead and close it up, man. We've been going for an hour and 50-some minutes. So, perfect time. 1030. <laughs> 10.30. 10.30. Yeah. So, Greg, man, I've enjoyed this conversation with you, man. Hopefully hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, man. We will. Am I the... No, you've had other people on twice. Yeah. Damn. I know. I'll, I'll go for a third. You'll I'll be, be the for first. A third. You'll be the first third. <laughs> perfect. All right. <laughs> Thanks. See you, bud. <laughs>